This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm uh, feeling jolly, Josh. It's the holidays. Uh, mm-hmm. That that point of the year in which there are probably going to be, be more game weeks than there are podcasts from Always Cheating, yep. which is sad for the whole world, I think. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's like it's, the fall always feels too spaced out, you know, four game weeks and a national break, four games, game weeks and a national break. And then, yeah, we get like, what is it, like eight uh, is it like eight fixtures in six weeks or something like that? Or maybe it's even less than that, eight fixtures in five. Uh, it's it's started to like pick up some steam and then starting basically this Friday, right? Because Friday is the first game week of game week, or the first match of game week 18. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. like basically nonstop, like through, I think, January 3rd. So a uh, yep. pretty intense stretch, like just days away. Yep. So we're going to uh, do our best to preview game weeks 18 and 19 in this podcast and then the plan is we'll be back uh just before game week 20 to catch up on how we did over the holidays and boxing day and get ready for game week 20 that's right so we're going to try to you know jump through some of the questions get to the game week previews a little bit earlier than normal normally they come in around the hour and 50 minute mark uh and we're you know we talk about them for about three minutes before uh we sign (laughs) off so Uh we're gonna move it up a little uh, yeah talk a little bit more about about captains and and and, you know transfer strategy and things like that uh i do want to you know we i want to talk a little bit about this game week obviously it was an interesting one uh it was a it was a grim one in many ways um but there's also some some interesting fpl misfits kind of some not new names exactly, but old names that were that were being forced to reconsider, right? And so that's kind of the the theme of this week's episode will be FPL misfits or the Theo Walcotts, as we're calling them. Yes, it's kind of like how Netflix tries to bring back old shows like Full House as Fuller House. Uh, so <laughs> Gerard De La Feo is like the Fuller House version of the De La Feo we knew it. At Everton. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Brandon, uh, let's talk about this game week, though. Let's get it out of the way. Uh, okay. 
I, it looks like so I had a, an okay game week. I know yours was not was not awesome. So um, why don't you talk about talk about because people who listened to last week's podcast knew that you were in kind of a tricky spot. You had you had Lacazette. You, you wanted to ship him out. You had David Silva yep. who was injured. Um, you're yep. thinking about you talk about burning eight at one point. So what what happened? What happened? <laughs> What happened was I ended up burning four, and um, it seemed, <clears throat> in hindsight, it seemed rash because one of my two transfers was Lacazette out for Sergio Aguero. He he was back in training for City. There was a possibility that he'd get a start at home to Everton, and this was my attempt. It's it's the the poker tilt thing that we talk about. It was my attempt to, after uh, like one to two bad game weeks to, to regain that top 10 K overall form that I had. So yeah. I jumped on Aguero early and I captained him. He of course didn't play, which turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Cause I got, um, I got one a second point. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Got one extra point. Um, <laughs> and, uh, my other transfer was David Silva out. He had to go because he was going to miss a number of game weeks during the holidays. And Felipe Anderson came in, and uh, he, of course, got an assist. He looked great. West Ham looked really excellent. We're going to have to talk about Robert Snodgrass on that island of misfit Walcotts later on. Mm-hmm. So um, I got one of two transfers right. I'm trying to be optimistic about this Aguero move, that it is one that will hopefully pan out over the long term. But yeah. um doesn't feel good. And then, of course, Jesus has a really excellent game. Um, and he's been out of form since the World Cup. So he... He of course he he didn't screw anything up like he's typically done for Man City this season. He had two really well taken goals. Was getting yeah. in great positions. Everyone was finding him. It was working. So somewhat concerning as a new Aguero owner is Aguero going to have to try really hard? Is he going to get a run out midweek in the Carabao Cup against Leicester City and yeah. then miss another start in game week eighteen? That's another concern. But um, I do think that Aguero is worth all of us considering given Kane and Aubameyang, they they've delivered in in some respects during this window of their opportunity but i think some managers are getting slightly frustrated with how much money they have invested there yeah. so uh, we'll see what happens with the ground over the yeah. holidays strange match for Aubameyang. um you know you know the arsenal southampton match was was a very poor defensive game uh, really on both sides but uh, it did seem like Southampton saved their best defense for Aubameyang. It's like yeah. it was every yeah. every time he had the ball, someone made this like sliding challenge from out of nowhere to to stop him from scoring. I mean, he, he really had a he could have had a brace today. So I'll finish on forty seven points, minus four, so forty three in the end. Almost half of my points came from Wolverhampton with Patricio, Doherty, and Jimenez. Again, just like an under the radar FPL superstar. So yeah, I'll, I'm under the average. I'll I'll drop out of the way out of the top 10k, um, somewhere in the top 25k overall. So uh, overall, doesn't feel great. Two two bad weeks in a row. Of course, Mitro and Laka were um, my my bad people last week, and I was hoping to bounce back. Just doesn't happen. Didn't happen. Yeah, um, it's. I guess I was as I was saying to you before the podcast started. I mean, I, I think a lot of managers listening to this podcast are kind of in the same boat. At least it was not. It was not as uh, like a very swingy game week like last game week was. I mean, last game week 
it's possible to have 40 points and be in a league with somebody who had 101, you know? Yeah, um, right. Like that was not an uncommon, you know, sort of range of, of scores last game week. Uh, this game week, it feels like everyone's kind of in that 40 to 60 range, you know, like yeah. give, or, give or take, you know, a couple – um, a couple swings one way or the other. Well, um, well he, he, yeah. here's the thing. Uh, Kane with just an assist and no bonus, not a huge swing. Sterling was able to get on the pitch and claw back some of those points that Sané got. So not yeah. huge differentials happening on Saturday. The big problem was Eden Hazard for us, both being yep. non-Hazard owners. Uh, yep. three, three bonus, goal and an assist. That is where your huge swing is in game week 17. Yes, and he's also part of the island of misfit Walcotts, Brandon. So we'll we'll get to we'll get to that very soon. I think I feel like we uh, uh, there's a lot to talk about in that section. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I feel like if we start talking about Hazard now, we're going to talk about him for like ten minutes. All right, so let's just, talk yeah. about talk about your team, and then we can get to the we can get to the real the good stuff. Tax. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this was a good game week for some some cheaper defenders. Um, I started Juan Basaka and and Matt Matt Doherty uh, and even Fabianski, who I have to say I, I I could not have been harsher on the West Ham defense on last week's podcast, and they came through. I mean, they're playing a Fulham team that didn't seem to want to play as a team at all. I mean, we went to the Black Course yesterday. It was you, uh, me, you, and then actually two two patrons, uh, Alex Martinez and yeah. Danny Bean, and. It was like a therapy session as we all watched the Fulham game with you. I mean, we were just like, Brandon, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell. It was, it was like, it was pretty competitive in the first half, I thought. I mean, Fabianski, I think, had to make four saves in the first half. Uh, Mitro had a big chance that he just missed. Um, yeah, but by the second Mitro half, had that, that one yep. where he crashed into the box in a diving yep. header um, yep. that he put wide. The, the saves that Fabianski had to make were fairly straightforward, I think, in the first half. But True, least, but it was, it was a sign that Fulham yeah. was attacking. Exactly, exactly. It was a sign that they were attacking. By the second half, it was just just Tom Kearney by himself. He was the only player who was trying on that on that team. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was so sad. I mean, Car- you could yeah. hear the inner, inner monologue in Kearney's head that was like, "My God, what what has happened to this team? What has happened to my career? <laughs> yeah. No one, absolutely no one, is showing for this ball. They couldn't move the ball quickly enough." at all and uh, i was just from an fpl perspective i was hoping for a goal fest just uh, nothing's better from an fpl manager's point of view than just riding out two big offensive assets so i had felipe anderson on one side and mitro on the other side and no defenders so just let the goals rain in (laughs) and it it became yeah yeah. you got the early anderson assist too so it was looking promising there um yeah i i I had fabianski so two nil was was fine with me i i was actually i was convinced fulham were going to score i i was just certain of it um and uh yeah it was uh they fulham really something i don't know rainier has got a massive job ahead of him doesn't he like he's got to really yeah really think like only put out players who are really going to play together as a team. I mean, you know, Andres Schurler yeah. got subbed near the end of that match, and it was like, yeah. yes, you got to take him out. As talented as he is, he's just not – he doesn't fit right now with what they're doing. Yeah, you know, he, so. he was wearing an invisibility cloak of some kind during the yeah. middle portion of that match. You just didn't see him. Yeah, and your beloved Anguisa didn't play, which I know was uh, was tough for you. To... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and as the yeah. season goes on, Jean-Michel Serre becomes uh, – uh, more and more overhyped as a player he's just done nothing so yeah powerful. he got sub too didn't he yeah yeah, yeah all mm-hmm. of the expensive um all, all of their expensive summer signings. actually i think they might both be loanees those two but regardless the, the the players they brought in over the summer um were the ones who were getting sub today and this maybe this feeling that they're just not really 
gelling, you know, or they're not, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to turn this into the Fulham corner, but um, yeah, it does seem like things are really a mess right there. And um, certainly wouldn't recommend anyone bring in any of their assets. I mean, I know that people are talking about Callum Chambers as an option, but I mean, what are you going to get from him? Like between zero and one points most of the time, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, right. just, you know, you're not even going to get the two, the two or three points that you can get from a, from a midfielder who doesn't score. Well, so, I'll just say quickly yeah. on that. As a Mitro owner, uh, he was a great. He was almost a must-have at the start of the season. He's he's still a decent price, but you have to stay away from him. The form that they exhibited at home to West Ham, which, as you were saying last week, their defense hasn't been great by any stretch this season. If he can't even get a touch on the ball, it's a huge problem. So um, it is a shame because Mitro fills this beautiful uh, second striker slot for our teams, and it yep. just feels like he's a big stay away right now. Yeah, exactly. The whole forward situation is kind of a mess right now. So anyway, I finished on 60 points, uh, all told. Fabianski, uh, two other clean sheets in my defense. Um, Jimenez uh, came through. I'm really glad that I went Jimenez over over Callum Wilson. Uh, and the real benefit of that actually was that because I went Jimenez over Wilson, not only did I get more points for that move, but I also got an extra million. And that million allowed me to go from David Silva to Leroy Sané. Uh, and Sané was by transfer this game week. I was debating a lot of very complicated moves like i was thinking about it burning four to bring in bernardo silva and felipe anderson um and in the end i just went i just i kept it simple you know and it was like what is the most logical move here with an injured david silva and it's just silva to sane right like don't overthink yeah. it and it was great i mean you know 10 points from sane i mean you get 10 points from a transfer you've got to be thrilled that's just you know as yeah. good as you can you know, ever really hope for um so that was great and um and i got three from kennedy off the bench so, um, yeah, so 60 total, um, some interesting decisions to make next week. Um, the big one for me is whether to start Lucas Dean, um, at home to Spurs. And I, I think I probably will. I mean, I thought yeah. that Lucas Dean was really shined in that, um, in the West Ham match, right? Like he was kind of, yeah. um, I don't know. It just felt like he was like, they, they lost the match, but he kind of came out of it looking as good as anybody on that team. Well, now he creeps ever closer to that Alonzo, the Alonzo to Darty spectrum, where right. they're, they're fixture-proof just based on their attacking output. Throw, throw Robertson and Trent in there as well. Yeah, exactly. It looks like he's in really good form right now. I'm sure his confidence is high after you know picked up an assist this game week. Should have really could have had two assists uh, in the match, mm-hmm. and obviously scored the the late free kick goal the game week before. So yeah, I think he's definitely like he's definitely on our must. I don't want to say must buy, but he's like a real fantastic option especially after the spurs match because uh, yeah. there's just a gr- great run of fixtures coming up for for everton i mean yeah like he might rotate with with uh leighton baines over the holidays like i'm sure baines gets one start um mm-hmm. but what are you gonna do i mean that's true of any of these players you know so yeah um and you know, and more more on dean yet further confirmations keep rolling in that always cheating <laughs> is ahead of the pronunciation game our friend leo <laughs> pointed right. out on twitter that we are yes saying it correctly as lucas dean so uh in your face internet the other advantage of Dean is that he's only owned by 4.3% of managers. His price is actually still 0.1 lower than it was when he started the season. Um, he's been getting bought a little bit more recently, but he's still, you know, still definitely a, a bit of a differential option, even in the top 10,000. So, um, so, you know, we're going to preview game week 18 in a minute, but I think the biggest question for me right now is uh, who I capped and going into game week 18. And uh, I, right now it's actually on Sané and um, I hope he gets a full rest at midweek, but I think Leroy Sané home to Crystal Palace, I, I don't know. I, it feels like that's a pretty kind of an easy captain decision in some ways, yeah. you know, if he doesn't play at midweek. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I'm looking at Raheem Sterling and Aguero on my side right now, and it will be between the two of them. And that's a that's a captain, vice captain, all on Man City's. And yep. it's a one of them will play. The right? uh, the Salah, of course, again gets the early early fixture so early it's play, being played on Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's never fun. Even though he did yeah. score a hat trick last time, he got the first fixture of the game week. But yeah. yeah, I think City. It's it's City all the way. I see that as a possible bench opportunity for Salah too. I, I wonder if he actually starts that match. Um, played a lot of minutes recently, so mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, yep. Brandon, it's too early to talk about the OSG and Super League. Uh, we're recording this uh, right after the um, Liverpool-Man United match. But uh, I know that uh, Jason Mann, who is currently top in the OSG and Super League, was up to sixth place in the world as of yesterday. So uh, well done, Jason Mann. We're, we're definitely Outstanding, pulling Outstanding, Jason. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And Miroslav Pushik is in 13th, is 13th overall. So uh, really fantastic. Of Speaking of competitions, the Super League is, is chief among them, but – uh, game week 17 was the first week of the FPL Cup. Uh, I, in classic FPL fashion, lost my first matchup. So I'm out of the cup. How you feel? <laughs> did you, How did you fare? I won. I beat a dead team. Uh, did you play a dead team or, or an no, active I, team? No, I did not play a dead team. I didn't play like a hyper competitive team, but I did play someone who had Captain Kane, mm-hmm. uh, which seemed to be the only – well, I – we can. We don't need to re-legislate uh, game week seventeen, <laughs> but yeah, he was active and he beat me. So yeah. congratulations, whoever you are. I was up fifty to five going into today's match, so I felt pretty good, uh, pretty <laughs> optimistic okay. about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I never take the cup that seriously, though. I mean, you you mentioned yesterday that you had won four in a row last week. I've never won more than three. I don't think in any <laughs> season ever. I always lose yeah. to some dead team. Yeah, four in a row last week was our last season was incredible. It, it it's at that point where you start your eyebrow starts to raise a little bit like huh okay is it on here and then you realize there are like 15 more weeks to go for you to keep (laughs) stringing all this good luck together yeah i wonder mathematically is it harder to win the cup than it is to become number one in the world (laughs) like harder in terms of like harder probably in the sense that there's so much luck involved right yeah like it's so like in theory, if you just if you just play brilliantly all season, you could finish number one. Even though I guess you need yeah. luck, you need luck to finish number one too. So yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. All right, rant of the week, Josh. You you said you wanted to speak to this first rant that came from Mike Mulcahy. He 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 rants. I think I have reached <laughs> the trying too hard phase of FPL managership. Thirty two all out and lost to a dead team in the cup. Only returns were the Sane assists. Right. Well, I just, I, you know, I, I was just, I, I really felt like I, I have been there before, you know, um, like I feel like when I sort of, as we've talked about a lot on the podcast, when I made a, the move a few weeks ago to bring in Alvaro Morata and David Brooks uh, and I like, it was like, if you feel like you make, if you, if you make two moves and you feel like you have to go on Twitter and write like a series of tweets explaining your moves and justifying them. Like which I did when I brought in Murata. Like you have officially reached the. I mean, this is obviously like this is like you know this was I, I, this was when he was in the midst of a goal scoring run. Not like you know, I didn't do this like after like two consecutive you know one pointers from. Um, we, but regardless, when you make those moves, then you feel like you have to go on and like basically be like, here's my rationale, here's my decision. Um, you may yeah. want to rethink those moves, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Often, often, like I feel like anytime I write like a 240 word screed that like explains why I'm doing this this move yeah it like never works out for me 
Yeah. Well, here is here's FPL in a nutshell. You were in that trying too too hard mode, as you were saying during the Murata phase of this season, and then you bounced out of it by doing very logical good moves. Lucas Dean, Kane, Aubameyang, uh, and Sane. then Sane this week. Uh, Aubameyang and Kane have been a little quiet, particularly Aubameyang, since you brought them in. But yeah. you have not. You've only gained ground with those moves. I yeah, am, I, ca- I kept I, in as, Kane as, during the during the goal assist and three bonus point match too. So he's he's still in my good graces temporarily. Yeah. And while you were in the Murata phase of your uh, of your campaign, I was doing well. And now I I am sympathizing with Mike because I am trying hard. I'm looking at my last few transfers. Martial in, nothing but blanks. Then Lacazette and Mitrovic, blanks. David Silva, blank. Felipe Anderson and Aguero. So there's one one shining light there, and it's a West Ham midfielder. So, right. yeah, it, it happens to the best of us. I do think it happens. It's going to happen to you. No one shoots 100% from the free free throw line, if I can <laughs> right. mix my sports metaphors here. So you you will have yeah. these these dips in your season. I do think that you can, you know, it's it's a good time to remember that you can you can make it up really fast. I mean, having just like it's like you and I are like sort of, it's, it's like kind of I feel like we've actually gone back and forth a little bit this season, Brandon, in terms of our how we've both been sort of doing and I feel you know now we're actually I think we're separated by one point right now. You know, I had fallen all the way back to like Fifty-seven thousand or something like that, and now I'm up to I think twenty-three thousand. You're at twenty-two thousand, so you know it's 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 all good. You know, it's just yeah, yeah. it's like I, both of us obviously want to be you want to be fixtures in the top ten k, but um, you want to, you just want to end up there. You know, like you know that you're gonna pop back out and back in. I mean, once once you get into that top that top fifty thousand in the world, you need you need to be doing above average every single game week to stay there, and it's just impo- like it's almost impossible to, to stay above average every game week. You know, you're just gonna have weeks where things don't come off for you. You know, so I don't know. You can't you can't you can't sweat to any one game week too much. All right, one last rant comes from Prashant Tawari. Was watching Chelsea match. Hazard and Barkley had the ball. Or you, you can envision this in your mind, can't you, Josh? Mm-hmm. Yes. Suddenly, Alonso gets the ball. Prashant goes on. He gets it at the edge of the box. He unleashes a screamer. And Prashant, he he screams himself. He's sitting on his couch. And he <laughs> thinks it's going to go in. Ball hits the post. Couldn't believe his luck. Then two minutes later, Brighton scored, and Alonso gets a yellow card. That's Prashant's FPL season in 280 words. So yeah, our, our heart goes out to you. Alonso is, he's like on one week and off the next So uh, at, at this point in time. Yeah, the Alonzo, I'm not like part of the Alonzo out brigade. I, I, I'm happy just to pick, keep picking up those clean sheets. I mean, the fixtures are really good for him in the near future. It's, you know, I don't know, Brighton is like a tough match. You know, it can be a tough match to play, you know, so um, like you have to play at the MX that is. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, it wasn't like, I don't know. Like, are you are you wavering on Alonzo at all? This was the first game week, and I think it speaks more to where I am right now with my team that I start mm-hmm. started to wobble on Alonzo today uh, after yeah. the the clean sheet wipeout. But I I agree. I think I need to be talked off that ledge because yeah, I I don't think it's the best move to make right now. And I I, he, I, I, I yeah. challenge someone to submit uh, rate my team to us on social where we see like a justifiable reason to make 2 million off of Alonzo to make a different move. I'm yeah. sure there are other ways to make it happen. And the benefits that you'll get from Alonzo long-term will be worth holding. 
We're still not going to play with seven assists on the season. You know, one goal. I feel like he's hit the post so often this year. And it's yeah. kind of reminds me, I think it was like Luis Suarez's second season in the league, maybe his first full season with Liverpool. Uh, and I feel like he hit the post like 10 times that year, like the post, the crossbar so often. And you're like, well, it's just like, he's not quite at the top level or, you know, it was like, it was just like, but it was just that he was, he, he just had some bad luck, you know, or it was just slightly inaccurate or something like that. You know, the next season he obviously exploded for, you know, 30 goals or whatever it was. And, you know, uh, and I, I feel like Alonzo, just the fact that he is getting this close consistently, it's just uh, eventually that's going to go in, you know, it's not going to, he's not going to regress even more, you know, yeah. like he's, he's a player who scored seven goals last season, six goals, this season, six goals the season before he's in a, he's in a, you know, uh, an attacking offense that should allow him to, you know, continue to attack all season. Um, I would expect that goal number to continue to tick up. I wish that there was a way to automate this online so we could start a game in which you pick a player at the start of the season and whoever hits the post or the crossbar combined most through the season, you win. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What, what is Alonzo's XG, Brandon? We should, uh, I don't know. Let's, let's look at that. We'll look at that let's offline. Not, let's not, let, yeah, let's, let's take that one <laughs> offline. All right, we have some Patreon thank yous, Josh. Yep. Uh, Patreon thank yous. Um, we have a new uh, Lord Sorlot patron. Uh, that's Naraman Imamian. Uh, thank you, Naraman. Uh, four new Embakani patrons, Brandon. Uh, Matthias Broman, Lars Ronengen, Alex Martinez, and James Hayes. Uh, thank you to all of our new patrons. Yeah, wherever Mambakani is in the world, he's smiling right now, just thinking about these four beautiful new, new <laughs> yeah. patrons of, of yeah. Mambakani. It, it is December. It's our pledge month. If you have a few shekels in your pocket and want to donate to what we do here at the podcast, helps us uh, pay for our web hosting fees and SoundCloud right. fees. and, and Justify the time some... that we spend doing the podcast, <laughs> yeah, most, yeah. most importantly, maybe. Yeah, and you can join some new leagues and get swag in the process. Just go to patreon.com slash always cheating, and there's, there's, there are a lot more details there for you to check out. Uh, and just one one final note, uh, we are starting a second half league, too, for all our patrons. That'll begin at the start of the second half, so game week 20. Um, and you can join either – I'll send out the link starting starting you know this week because um, you can join. The, the Just the points won't start coming in, coming in until game week 20. Uh, but the winner of that league will get to pick anything they want from the Always Cheating shop. So um, you can have a mug, a T-shirt, a sweatshirt, anything you want. Uh, you will get free if you win the second half league. Outstanding. And, and the, speaking of free, uh, we're in the midst of our at our starting 11 retro kit contest, and that is also available to all of our Patreon subscribers. So thanks to Starting 11 for sponsoring that. All right, Brian, we'll take a quick break and we'll get back to the island of misfit Walcotts. Brandon, we're back. It's the island of misfit Walcotts. Now, these this is an interesting group of players, Brandon. These are these are not the players who are necessarily the the Dusan Tadich types, the the James Madisons, the the players with the incredible underlying stats that you know um, are irresistible to get in. You know because it looks like you know they're 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 not the ones leading the goals imminent table necessarily. There are mm-hmm. names they are names that you've known and you've probably known them for a long time. You probably had them in your team about eight to ten times over the last five seasons. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are firing right now. It's like a, it's it's a great moment for the island of misfit Walcott. Sadly, this does not include Theo Walcott himself, who is a <laughs> uh, an FBL stay away. No, it, it per, is in honor of a, a former iteration of Theo Walcott back when he loved football. 
<laughs> so we're just going to talk about a couple of these, and uh, we've got some questions here about them. Um, and uh, let's just let's can just we, talk Josh, about can whether we, we're. Can we, can we dedicate this section to our friend Danny Bean at the Black Horse, where he was the only one really having a good time because he had <laughs> yeah, De La Feo in De his La squad Feo. because that's just just who Danny is. Yeah, ex- this exactly. This section is for the for the people out there who love to have who love to have a player in their team that's owned by less than two percent of the league. Right? Yeah, that is like right. that is you know, and I and I can understand that feeling because I have that feeling sometimes too. Uh, that's why I you know I started uh, Pierre Emil Hoiberg today and uh, it didn't work out. Uh, but it was fun to go into this match thinking like, hey, maybe something could happen here. Maybe, you know, yeah, one of his patented 30 yard shots. Yeah, he would have come in anyway because he he got subbed in for uh, you know, David Brooks didn't play at all. So, uh-huh. uh, all right, we'll talk about Brooks in a minute, actually. Uh, all right, Brandon, first question comes from Red Dagger says Kane, Aubameyang, Aguero, Salah and Lukaku. Why have any of them when you could have Shakiri? <laughs> well, uh, it's very interesting that James mentions Lukaku in this sentence. It's perhaps the the first or second time that Lukaku has been mentioned on Always Cheating this season. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, second time in seventeen weeks. Shakiri is interesting, though. I think we we when he first started coming on as a sub for Liverpool and performing, I had noted if he starts to become a regular starter, then I think he is absolutely on the table for your FPL squad. He, the, so here's the problem. He continues to perform. He continues to look great. He continues to come off of the bench. Right, and this is right. crazy making for the FPL game. So even though I love the look of him, I love what he brings to the squad. He's, it appears he'll be a big rotation risk during the holidays in particular. It's a weird one. I mean, he'd actually started, I think one, two, three, five, five games, Five games leading up to this match, uh, and then he had, but then he had been on the bench the two before that, and came off the bench today, obviously too. So five out of eight he started, which is I guess kind of exactly what what you would expect for a player like him, yeah. right? I mean, you know, that doesn't include cup, you know, cup matches or the Champions League. So I guess we should qualify yeah. all of this by saying that uh, during all of these upcoming fixtures, there will be rotation for everyone, but. Um, even the the consistent guys like Mo Salah. But yeah, you just underline it. A lot of these yeah. mis- misfits, you kind of have to underline that rotation risk. If you were six million or cheaper, you would just have them and just and just regard you just have them no matter what, right? Because right. at that price, it's like it's like, you know, Brooks or Kennedy or whatever, where you're just like, well, if you get anything from them, you're happy. Yeah. You know? So yeah. if, if you know if you didn't play, it'd be fine if you got one point. But um yeah, I would almost compare that, him yeah. to uh, like a sexier version of Ilke Gundogan on Man mm-hmm. City, who's the, a cheap, right. somewhat attacking midfielder on a top four team, but Shakiri even more so. He, he Gundogan has other jobs to do, where Shakiri, right. when he's on the pitch for Liverpool, it seems his sole job is to make positive movements with the ball. Gundogan was so good in that match. If he, if he had done, if he just, he had so many chances to pick up an assist. Yeah. If he'd done, he would have had two bonus points for sure. He was really phenomenal. But yeah, in the end, you just see two points, and you're like, "Yep, that's that's what you expect." Five point four million. Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I guess Gundo, you could kind of put. Yeah, it's a good comparison. Um, so he's Gundo, but at one point seven million more. You know, um, I guess <laughs> yeah. he's a little more yeah. attacking than Gundogan, but. Yeah, just, I'll sit my head to right? that. Yeah, it, it is. It is too much, even though it's probably exactly the correct price to have him at. So well done, FPL Towers. Yeah. 
But just like it, it's more fun to have. I mean, at, at seven point one million, you could have Felipe Anderson or almost right within point one or point yeah. two. You could yeah. have um, you could have Charlison. Um, you could almost have Gilfie Sigurdsson. I mean, all of these players I would want to have in my squad more than you know yeah. more than more than Shakiri. I mean, I just I, it, it's just like a maybe like a risk tolerance thing too. Like I just don't like to have a player that I have to like yeah. hope that he comes on or I'm hoping he starts. Like it's just. I don't know. I just don't like that that feeling. I think it's fair to say that that's not just you. I think that's just good um, FPL management. I think that's the correct way to judge Shakiri here. Next question is on Danny Ings. TJ Crane asked, early rant, Southampton forwards, Ings and Austin. Did that really just happen today? Uh, <laughs> speaking of their uh, dismantling of the non-Arsenal defense. Yeah, I mean, uh, Shelley really was yeah. lost at sea there. Poor, poor guy. I mean, he, he yeah, he was half better a for better for him to come in, come back from his injury with uh, a more solid central defender next to him that isn't, uh, you know, crazy uh, Swedish. Is Luxsteiner Swedish or Swiss? Uh, he's Swiss. Yeah, yeah, Swiss. Um, this is a crazy Swiss guy. But then he so he leaves injured. Um, Baron leaves injured. They are missing their top three center backs right now. Um, I mean, a five ten guy scored two headers today. You know, in Danny Ings, like it's just not. You know, I mean, the first one was just embarrassing. You know, it was just like, uh, like I don't know how, how to. Shell the vintage Kashelny would never get beat on that ball. No, um, no. You know, it was just it was kind of sad. So I, I don't really, I mean, the, the problem with things is that he is permanently injured, right? Even when he's healthy, he's injured. He's just constantly yeah. almost going to get injured. And I hate having a player like that in my team. Uh, they have two great, I mean, they play Huddersfield and West Ham in the next two. So there is some temptation there. Um, you'd probably really want him short term. Yeah, I would. I, I think that's correct because I'll say this in Ings's defense. I had him in my squad earlier in the season, and if you get on and off at the right time, it can work. Because I think when he's a, a a form player, so when it's working for Ings, you can trust that results uh, are likely to be there. And then when mm-hmm. the form dips away, it's, it's pretty clear when you need to jump off that train. So yeah, as you say, the fixtures in uh, game week twenty just fall off the cliff. With Man right. City and then Chelsea for Southampton, yeah, even Leicester away after that, not a great fixture. So, yeah, so maybe maybe in the short term, um, if you had like a plan, maybe you wanted to, um, I don't know, like maybe maybe like Jimenez like doesn't quite fit your budget at the moment or something like that. You could you could bring him in for in the short term, but yeah, um, I don't see him as a long term asset. I I honestly just think that he's always just one one hard run away from getting injured again. You let know? me, pose a, so, hypo- let me yeah. pose a hypothetical to you. So um, after this week, Wilson came off the bench. So he's back from his injury, but you might mm-hmm. have some concerns about uh, he's not had good minutes of late and they right. have Bournemouth have Spurs and United in game weeks, 19 and 20. Is that enough to put you off Wilson and take a punt on Danny Ings? Or is that, or is that crazy? No, I think I would want to hold Callum Wilson for the Brighton match. I would expect him to start that. So then you'd only be bringing in Ings for like one fixture, really, you know, before their before their run gets bad too. So yeah, um, I don't like almost rather just go Kamara in that case. Yeah, I'm just struggling to see who Ings comes in for in your team. I mean, uh, maybe my situation it's the most relevant with my concerns that I was talking about earlier with Mitrovic. 
and that maybe uh, that's a cheaper option for Mitrovic. Fulham look like they're just uh, in, in really a terrible state. But that said, same argument. Fulham have Newcastle next. Newcastle's right. defense is not not great. They haven't been great at home this season. So yeah, yeah it, it's just hard to find a, a a slot where you need somebody like Danny Ings. Less okay. So maybe you mentioned Kamara or success. Right. These guys are are problems that some <clears throat> teams are dealing with. So Ings is possibly cheap enough if you have enough in the bank to move. A, a a risky four point five striker to somebody that. Yeah. But would you want to move Kamara right now? I mean, Newcastle Wolves, Huddersfield, the next three. Um, I, I think like Kamara is like a player I would possibly transfer in. Um, you know, instead of getting rid of. I mean, two goals in his last three matches. I thought he played really well yesterday too. I mean, he. I don't know if he was like that attacking, but he was, he ran hard. I felt like he was he was trying in the match. Yeah, that's that's what he does offer for Fulham, and that's surely why Renieri has been playing Kamara as much as he has. Is that he brings another dimension? Something mm-hmm. like, like Cess, this was Cesson Young in the Championship last season, where he offered speed down the wings, and for whatever reason, it's not working for Cess in the Premiership. So I think Kamara. Uh, he's got a bigger frame. He can body up with these defenders in the Premier League. That said, I'm, I'm still not totally sold on him. And we were talking about this with Alex at the Black Horse. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm coming around to it because it does look like Renieri does like him and is willing to play him where Djokovic wasn't. I'm still scared, though. So you build, like, like we say, you, you build all around that 4.5 price tag, <laughs> and it yeah. becomes a, 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 an albatross. I well that I yeah that, that is true actually and I to be honest I don't know that I would I would have Kamara in my team but I could see how if you were a team that if you yeah. wanted to have like three Man City midfielders across the across your midfield you know and you're just going to play five five to the middle all the time I don't mind him as a third striker that you don't have to play every game week you know yeah. as like an alternate sort of player like somebody might come in if uh, um, you know if, if one of the Man City midfielders gets rested or something like that. All right, so are we about to talk about who I think we're about to talk about? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Solomon Rondon. Raborska says Solomon Rondon has produced seven points per game on average during the last six game weeks, 5.8 million and 3.1% ownership. Looks like a good option. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are um, I think it's real. I think Rondon is for real right now. However, you know, there's always a but. Uh, the the fixtures just explode uh, in a bad way, starting in game week 19 for Newcastle. So, mm, I don't know. I think it's it's that it's that conundrum of the Jimenez conundrum of maybe you don't rate this player, maybe you don't rate their skills, <laughs> maybe yeah. you don't really rate the team. But uh, the FPL price tag versus the points that have been coming in can justify mm-hmm. a move in any circumstance. And Rondon is definitely tiptoeing around that. Like at 5.8 and yeah, all those stats that you just mentioned, um, I, I, yeah, I could see worse plays. He's looked really good the last few game weeks. I mean, I, I'm like fairly sold on Rondon. I mean, yeah. you know, it's his fixtures. He's, he's had a really good run of fixtures and he's produced during those fixtures. Um, they have one, arguably two good left over the over the festive period. Um, they play Fulham at home in game week eighteen. Great, great fixture to have Rod on for. Then it's Liverpool away, Chelsea away, Man United at home, and three of the next four. 
They get a little break with Cardiff in game week 23, and then it's Man City and Spurs. So yeah. they've basically every every difficult team that you can play in the league, they play over the next, you know, eight game weeks. Um, so it's kind of like I, I wonder if even I, I think it's possible to rate Rondon and also feel like you've missed your chance a yeah. little bit. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it's yeah, if you don't have him now, you probably don't want to bring him in because I just don't know that I see a ton of points in like a Liverpool away match, Chelsea away match, uh, you know, Man United at home, maybe Man United at home. I guess that one's not as scary as it used to be, but um, you know, not just, just not a great run uh, fixtures coming up. And especially if you don't have Jimenez already, right. I mean, Jimenez to me is the, is the premier option in this, in this price bracket. All right. Danny has asked us to talk about how great, great Jerry, Jerry D is Gerard De La Feu. <laughs> Watford's fixtures uh, through game week 22 are pretty mm-hmm. good away mm-hmm. to yeah. West Ham, then Chelsea, Newcastle, both at home, Bournemouth and Palace. Uh, I feel like you have had De La Feo in your team historically much more than sure. I have. You had uh-huh. him for During a really good Everton run days. at Everton, yeah. Yeah, that was like he was playing like as a forward out of position. I think it was like when Ronald Koeman was there maybe. He was like a pretty decent option. Um, Even Mart- back when Martinez was manager perhaps. Yeah, he was. he's one of those guys, he, he like loses his place in the squad sometimes. I don't know that he like tracks back really well. I think that there's like – I think he's a pretty one-dimensional player. There's uh, a which touch is, of Mesut Ozil about him in that. Yeah, sense. which that one dimension, that one dimensionality, if that's a if that's a word, um, is fine for fantasy as long as they continue to start. And the, the problem with one-dimensional players is that they tend to lose their spot in the team because you can't trust them. I mean, look at the last four game weeks for him. 56 minutes, 54 minutes, 20, uh, 27 minutes, and 30 minutes. So, you know, it's not like this guy has been just, you know, tearing it up, playing 90 minutes, game week in and out. I mean, honestly, it's amazing that Danny still had him because <laughs> he scored one point four game weeks in a row. Uh, that's that's like – that's. And then and then to get thirteen this game week is like that's like Eden Hazard levels of trolling, right? Like yeah. no one no one was still holding on to him at that point. No, uh, no. you know, so the ownership is at 0.6 percent right now. Uh, yeah. So I yeah, Delfeo is not a player that I want. He's not a player that I like. Um, <laughs> like I don't, I just don't enjoy him as a player. I don't like his haircut. Um, uh-huh. You know, <laughs> what it do goes you think deep about for Delfeo? you. Like it. Um, it does. I think I like him more than you. Uh, I I. The potential is there, and you now you mentioned at the top of this segment. Uh, this is Theo Walcott. Theo Walcott owns this segment. Dusan Tadic does not, but <laughs> I would liken De La Feu to Tadic in an FPL sense. In that, every time I watch him play, um, I see the upside. I always tended to see the upside with Tadic, um, but I have zero confidence that I'll get anything out of him and my team. So. Um, <laughs> It, the the spot that he would occupy would be a Ryan Fraser spot. So mm-hmm. if say Fraser comes down with an injury in your team, then yeah, I think De La Faye would be on my short list. That said, uh, um, there is no way I would be actively pursuing him. Uh, but but if you have an opportunity, if you have an open slot, I think the fixtures do allow this move to make sense. Yeah, but, I think okay, that that that, yeah. that that said, uh, sorry, wow. it, was the, it just it just occurred to me. Jonty's voice <laughs> was in my head um, uh, that uh, Pereira might be the actual Watford midfielder that uh, you would want to go for if that opportunity does does present itself. 
That's true. And he's less of a misfit, misfit more of a, um, like, a, I don't know. He's, he's, he's like, he's been like pure potential for so long, you know, like he's, yeah, this, I guess it's only his third season in the league, but you know, he's been so, he's just had such bad luck with injuries the last couple of years that I, I feel like we don't really know what kind of player he can be, you know, but I mean, I think so far this season he's on, what is it? It's like five goals, maybe. Yeah, five goals and two assists. So, I mean, if you ended the season with ten goals and four assists, that's a yeah, pretty fantastic return for a you know six million midfielder. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Decore is another one. Like poor Decore, who like never gets any talk in the podcast. <laughs> the flip side, uh, Pereira with five goals, two assists. Decore with two goals and five assists, and that's three attacking right. returns and three for this guy. But you've <laughs> yep. got to you've got to. Th- he lives he lives on the Etienne Capu island of misfit toys. <laughs> <laughs> he does like the like you know they can't keep this up hyper unsustainable yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right uh the, i have two more here brandon these, these aren't even questions we got these are just questions i want to ask you okay uh, the first one is about robert snodgrass is the snod god brandon the snod is god yeah uh our friend guy he basically sucks up all the snodgrass oxygen in the room so i feel like <laughs> i never have to talk about him but mm-hmm. um and I've been slightly skeptical uh, of him. He's had he's had trouble ever since he made that move from Hull to West Ham. He's he's right. had trouble sort of making it stick. Yeah. But yeah, the, this last injury last year. Yep. Uh, I'm good. Uh, I'm happy with Snodgrass. Uh, um, the question would be, as I was talking about that particular hole that might exist in your FPL team, the a a Bournemouth midfielder-sized hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snodgrass is right there with De La Feu, and I suppose you could talk about what makes Snodgrass more appealing, the, like the set pieces. Also, just um, he's, he's probably more locked into the side, less prone to um, just falling in and out men- mentally in matches. Yep, yep. So, yeah, probably I, I, plays- I like it. Yeah, I, I don't think he has to run quite as much as some of the other players in the team. So I, I think he's probably likely to get. I, I would be. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he gets minutes in every single one of these holiday fixtures. Um, just given his set piece threat, you know, he's the kind of player you could bring on for twenty minutes at the end of a match too. Um, Brandon, I like him so much. I'm actually almost. He's barring any major injuries during the like league cup matches at midweek. I, there's a very good chance that he's going to make my team this week. And yeah. I'm going to bring him in for either Kennedy or Brooks. And just wow. which call, under, it, which call it friendo. I know which underperforming midfielder has to go. I I think probably Kennedy. Kennedy's flagged right now. I don't really want to move him before the Fulham match, but I just I, I don't know. They they really they both have to go. I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, Brooks didn't even get a minute in, in yesterday's match. And it's worrying. Yeah. Yeah, he played 61, 64, and 18 in the last three matches before that. So it's not like I don't think he's, you know, valuable to this team. But I wonder if maybe Junior Stanislaus kind of taking his spot at the time being. Um, I don't know. I just I, I'm a little worried about whether I can actually keep Brooks. And Brooks is also a little more expensive. So, um, you know, if I have to move one of the two, I guess I'd rather move the more expensive option. You could, in Brooks's defense, say that Bournemouth looked pretty appalling against Wolves this weekend. And um, maybe it's just that Colin Wilson was missing and that throws off the the team shape or um, they're yeah. just missing their best attacking player in that sense. And maybe that's why Brooks didn't come into the picture. But it seems they were missing something. 
Yeah, maybe it was Brooks. I don't know. Could have he, been. He almost scored. Yeah, he almost scored last week too. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, Brennan, then we have one. Uh, we have two more. We have one actual question here, and then one one question about Hazard. Uh, has you know Hazard the ultimate high performing expensive misfit? Uh, you know, oh, probably too good really to get to get the Theo Walcott um, uh, designation, but. I mean, it is crazy, like just how much he trolls FPL managers, right? It's, yeah. you know, I mean, it's just it's so frustrating, and I think I'm just, I think I'm just done with him. I, <laughs> like, I don't know, like I, I think I'm just, I don't know that he'll ever be in my team again. I just can't, yeah. I can't deal with the the weeks and weeks of nothing, you know. And I, I saw some people on Twitter um, who were like, well, just keep him for 38 game weeks, you know, and you'll and you'll end up with with, with all the points, but. I mean, in, in theory, you, you want to jump on and jump off, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, you want to, you want to get him during a hot run and then when he's cold, you, you bring in somebody else and then you bring him back in again, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but it, I just, I feel like personally, I can never quite get the timing right. You know, I mean, he, I had returns of one, zero, four, three, and one before I dropped him, you know, yeah. and, and now he's, you know, right back in it, you know, th- was five assists, uh, at one goal in the last four matches. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's so frustrating with him. Yeah. He moves into the top slot. I mean, I think I was chanting scoreboard during last week's podcast talking about Mo Salah. Like, how can you, how can you not consider this guy even at 13 million when he's coming off a hat trick and has the most points in the game? Well, I guess you have the most points in the game when you score hat tricks, but, um, right. Hazard and Sal are in that same question of are they worth the money? I think um, I think the thing that is in Salah's favor is that we can look to last season and we can generally look at the first half of this season and see a consistent pattern. And the issue yeah. as you were raising with Hazard is the only consistent pattern we can see with him is what we see at the end of the season when we can't chart a proper course with him through a season. And that's really what playing the game is, right? You, you're making strategic mm-hmm. transfers. You're changing the um, the personnel on your team. And Hazard is just a guy that's going to – he's going to throw up right. more walls than open more doors. Yeah, 11 million, it's tricky. I mean, you know, because Alonso to me actually is in that season keeper category. But, you know, his, and he's expensive, but he's not – he doesn't ruin your team shape, you know? I mean, yeah. especially if you bought him cheap. I mean, I, my sell-on value for Alonzo right now is 6.7 million, right? So I think he's at, I think he's at 7 million right now. So I bought him at 6.5. I'm just, to me, he's just a season keeper. I just hold on to him the entire season and, and I'm going to get those four or five goals. I'm going to get, you know, probably, I mean, he's on seven assists already, probably double digit assists. Um, and then the clean sheets, which I think people are really underrating, you know, I mean, it's, you know, two clean sheets in the last four for him. He's got, you know, eight clean sheets in the season already. Um, eight, eight clean sheets in 17 is nothing to, to just wave away. Um, you know, and I know that there's like a, a real movement right now to move from, uh, from Alonzo to Louise. But I mean, again, a Louise is one goal and no assists, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. he scored, he scored one, one header that really with, with better defending shouldn't have been scored at all. Yeah. Um, no, you know, I mean, the, you know, wide open box, you know, just poor marking there. So if you um, love Chelsea clean sheets that much, then stay with Alonso. Uh, uh, otherwise, I would be wanting to save more money and go to a different team. And lest we forget, Joshua, it is the year of the fullback. So, <laughs> that's um, true. It's also, the, it's also the year that the it's it's the year of the fullback. It's also the clean sheets are dead, Brandon. So it's it's both really. Yeah, we're we're 
we are, we're having a, a lot, lot of different years going this year. I know it was a lot of, a lot of, I know we got to like riddle this down somewhere. Uh, all right. Final question uh, about Bournemouth assets. Tom Campbell says, what are we saying for Bournemouth assets regarding Wilson, Fraser and Brooks? Uh, one win in seven with Spurs, Benyard and Everton all away in three of the next five uh, Brighton at home next worth keeping for that fixture before offloading. Even if you have a ton of value tied up. So uh, we talked about Brooks and Wilson a little bit already. I think Fraser is the more interesting option here, uh, especially because a lot of people got Fraser at five point five million, as I think you did. Yes. So how are you feeling about Bournemouth right now? I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I think the the key word with Fraser is value, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's just team value that I'm concerned about more than I'm concerned about value of that third, fourth midfielder slot, because I think, um, Bournemouth are, are, are bound to have some difficulty with these holiday fixtures. There are some tough ones, but it's kind of going back to what we were saying about Hazard and through the, the course of 38 weeks, Fraser right now is striking me as a player that you could hold for 38 weeks. And at the Mm -hmm. end of the season, you could point to his final tally and say it was justified and it will work out for you because you can at that price, you can build around him. You can make moves around him. You can find other goal and assist tallies during downtimes around Fraser and not dump him. So uh, I think that's how I'm justifying keeping him because I, I mean, this is this is what separates, you know, number one in the world from me is they'll move Fraser <laughs> to De Lufeu during the right weeks. It will work and then they'll jump onto something else. <laughs> I don't really yeah. have enough faith in myself right now to do um, to to jump around in that price bracket and get it right every week. I just don't think it's going to happen. So Fraser. If you compare him to De La Feo, as we were saying, he's he's gonna his form is gonna fall away, and what are you left with? I think Fraser's form will not fall away, and I think we'll still be getting attacking returns from him later in the season. Does that, does yeah, that make I sense? Think, yeah, it, it does make sense. Um, I mean, he looks he definitely passes the eye test still. Um, his stats are also fantastic. Um, you know, I guess the concern you know, it's got I think it's one goal and two assists in the last seven matches for him, but. There aren't a lot of better options. I mean, there's, there's just not a lot of – there's not like, you know, the one player you'd move him to, uh, maybe Snodgrass, right? I guess Snodgrass is the one um, given the West Ham good fixtures, given that he's in good form. But outside of him, I, I'm just not looking around and seeing a ton of midfielders for under $6 million that are just that are just must-own, like, got to get this guy on my team assets, right? I mean, yeah. you, have, you have Perea, but, I mean, I'd rather have Fraser than Perea. Uh, you know, there's Pedro, but Pedro is, you know, a bit of a rotation threat. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Sally March, like Goodmanson, these players aren't, aren't appealing to me, you know, yeah, um, right. Townsend, yeah, Theo yeah. Walcott himself. <laughs> the man himself. It's about time he worked his way into his own, his own feature. Yeah. It's just like I'm saying, like if you somehow, if you have the back to the future car and you, and you can go get that sports almanac from, uh, this season, then you can perhaps figure out which sub six million midfielder is going to be performing every week. Uh, right. Otherwise, I think you go with the steady Eddie, which is which is Fraser. All right, Brendan. So I think in summation, Eden Hazard is a troll. Let's take a break. We'll move on to our lightning round in a second. Josh, we love Starting 11. Starting 11, it's the live Premier League fantasy app for your iPhone or Android phone. 
in which you can play a game that we all know and love, and that's Fantasy Premier League, but you can play it for cash prizes. The beauty is also, I don't have to deal with my crap team that I suffered through Game Week 17 with. Anytime there are two or more Premier League fixtures, you can start from scratch, set up a best 11-man squad with no budgetary restrictions. Starting 11 makes you lets you tinker with your lineup right up until kickoff, even after those team sheets are announced. You can also make three live in-game substitutions as the games are, are taking place. So, Brendan, I imagine, I mean, some kind of live daily fantasy up like this, I need to go to um, a university, get in some kind of supercomputer or something like that. I imagine it's uh, it's got to be thousands of dollars, right, just to even load up the, the software that will allow this thing to operate. You would think. You would think, Josh, but your supercomputer is in your pocket or the palm of your hand. Yes, it is just your iPhone or your Android. You can download the app for free if it's on your iPhone. Just go to the Apple uh, App Store, whatever it is they call it these days, or the Google Play Mm -hmm. Store for your Android. If you have an iPhone, you can play cash games live in the UK, US, Canada, or Germany. And in the UK, if you have an Android, you can now play cash games or just play for free anywhere in the world. And mini leagues are now a huge feature for starting 11. You can join pre-existing mini leagues, start mini leagues with your friends uh, and, and play for cash or just for bragging rights that way. Ready? you said it all. Visit starting11.io to learn more, sign up and, uh, and, and win some money. Okay, Brandon, we're back. Lightning round time. As you know, Brandon, we have very firm rules about this lightning round. Okay, we've yeah, never, yeah. never, we've never broken these rules. Very tight, firm rules. We never go longer than thirty seconds with the answer to any of these. May questions, lightning right? strike me down dead during this lightning <laughs> round if we break these rules. Exactly, exactly. FPL Strong says, if there was no salary cap, who would be the most essential players? Well, Just give me like thirty. Getting, it's like it's like FPL Strong was uh, listening to our starting eleven ad read just now. Um, <laughs> yeah, most essential players, the top thirty that come to mind. Um, this is this is this is a tough one. I mean, based on right now, I think you have to look at the Manchester midfield in Leroy Sané and Raheem Sterling. What about okay? If you just had to have one player right now, I mean, is is it crazy to say that Leroy Sané might be the most like the most valuable player in FPL over the holiday fixtures. I mean, especially if he gets rested um, mm-hmm. in midweek. Uh, Palace, yeah. Leicester, Southampton, the next three. Um, I don't know. He just he's like really important to that team. He really they need him to play a lot. He's been really active. Gets go, scores goals, picks up assists. Um, I don't know. I mean, Sterling's up there too, but you know he is. Sonny is two million cheaper than Sterling, so. Uh, you know, if price is a consideration, then maybe Sterling's, you know, an option there too. So, um, I mean, obviously we can't run through every essential player. We really basically did that in last week's podcast. No, I, but- I, th- I think I think that's a good place to leave the conversation in, and I'll help you leave it there because I'm a Sterling owner and you're a Sané owner, and I still agree with you. I think Leroy Sané is the guy. And you can see the, the, the plan P, the lip sync, the peptation, um, whatever you want <laughs> to call bar. it. He he can rest Sterling. And granted, Sterling can come off the bench and, and score a beautiful goal for you. But he has not shown that he is willing to not start Sané. He's willing to take Sané off after the right. result is is locked in at the 65th minute. But, yeah. So, yeah. Interesting interesting comment uh, in the uh, 
in the press conference after the game was over, uh, Pep said that uh, Sané played so well in the Champions League in midweek that he deserved to start on Saturday, um, which I thought was kind of an interesting. I don't know that I I felt like it was an interesting insight into Pep's rotation. Um, he was basically like, "You earned it, you know, like you've earned this start." And I, I thought he was a little more merciless than that. I thought he was his approach was more like. It's all that you know. It's just team, 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 no matter what. But this idea yeah. that like you you deserve to play in this match where you could pick up goals and assists, you know, because yeah. you did so yeah. well in the week. So I, I do know, think that interesting. Asane being a young player, and you can see that sometimes he gets a little emotional or or in ways yeah. that he gets heated or he just falls men- mentally out of the game. So. I think that that's interesting that Pep is actually managing him emotionally, for lack of a better word. I believe that's true. Maybe for someone like Aguero, it wouldn't matter as much. Aguero scores a brace in midweek, but you know he's thirty years old. He's you know been with with the team for years and years. Yeah, assured of his spot. You know, maybe you rest him, and that's totally fine because he understands how central he is to that team. Uh, All right, Uh, Vinyl Richie, our old friend Vinyl Richie says Kane and Aubameyang. If he had to get rid of one. To distribute funds back into the midfield, who would you sell? Aubameyang. I, I can, yeah. do I have to add any commentary? I'll I'll say this: Kane is going to frustrate, but he is going to tick uh, through the yeah. end of the year. He is going to tick yeah. along. He's a little more expensive, but he is not getting rotated. Aubameyang. Yeah. I mean, you saw against Southampton. Arsenal are a great squad. I, they just ended an insane uh, winning streak. Or, or yeah. lossless streak, uh, but still, they're they're a weird side. They're going to have problems, and there is competition with Lacazette. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, yeah, it's I mean the fact that Aubameyang is a million cheaper is you know like it's 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 more tempting to hold on to him and drop yeah. Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, but I and and they have a couple of really good home fixtures coming up too Arsenal do but I think I'm with you there I think I yeah I think I would keep Kane as well um Aubameyang okay so let's say you move one of those who would you move them to I guess I guess you're looking in that 6 million bracket you know some kind Yeah of if that. you want to move the funds into the midfield right yeah I think you do look at uh I mean if you can Mitchell. wait a little bit you can move to Callum Wilson um yeah closer to January 1 but yeah, Metro has decent fixtures, but I, I think I said emphatically at the start of this podcast, no Metro, do not bring him in. If you, <laughs> yeah, we talked about some decent budget options like, um, Solomon Rondon, uh, or, or Danny Ings or Jimenez, yeah. if you don't have him, uh, or, or I'll say this, I'll say this quickly, yeah. uh, is Re- mm-hmm. Roberto Firmino. I thought he was starting to look like his old last season self today against Manchester United. And mm-hmm. um, you're not going to save a whole lot moving Aubameyang to Firmino, but if he's going to continue to improve his form, I see a lot of points coming for him. Yeah. I mean, 2.4 million is the difference. It's, it's pretty significant. Yeah. Um, you know, that's 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 enough money to to upgrade Gilfie Sigurdsson to Leroy Sané, you know, for example. So okay. um, I like yeah. that move. So, all right. Yeah, me too. I don't know. I don't know if he has that. I don't know if he has any of those combinations of players in his team. But if he does, then that's that's the move. That's magic. That's the magic of the always cheating podcast. If that's true, George Hanton says thoughts on going budget up front and stacking the midfield. Uh, I'm steadily climbing the work league and I've gained a couple spots this weekend. So I'm looking to continue the decent run. Um, 
again, I feel like something that we've talked about in previous podcasts. I don't know. I, I it's just like we're we're so cl- like we're big hauls from from Abayang and Kane were were just just happened a couple of weeks ago, you know, and there's an explosiveness to having at least one expensive attacker that really that really appeals to me. You know, yeah, just this right. like it's so easy for them to get, especially someone like Kane who's on penalties. It's just so easy for him to get points. Yeah, you know, um, just one mistake. You know, one 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 corner in a match. Um, you know, where I feel like a midfielder has to work so much harder to get points. Like so many things have to fall. Yeah. you know, into place for them to pick up a goal in particular. Maybe an assist. I, yeah. I will answer George's question with another question, which is from Jeff Petter on our Slack, who asks is. Is some patience required? It seems that lots of week-to-week moves are being made at the moment. Aguero to Abba, Kane to Aguero, Hazard in, Sterling out, Hazard out, Sterling in, etc. Huge congestion of fixtures coming up. Do we need to take a step back and evaluate our squads with a wider lens? So I think Jeff is making a good point about patience in that it can be frustrating looking at the game week in a vacuum. Like, oh man, I've got all this money tied up up front. I mean, just... You know, you you were able to celebrate Josh on a Kane captaincy that he came away with an assist at at the end of uh, Saturday's match, uh, but you still probably feel like you want to be getting more out of both Kane and Aubameyang up front. That so, said, yeah, that was that was just a weird match because they were resting all of their. I mean, that was just like you know, without Erickson, Kane is a lot less valuable. I mean, we saw as soon as Erickson's on the pitch, Kane is suddenly a fantastic fantasy asset again. Yeah. So I guess my point is, uh, don't get too frustrated after a couple of bum game weeks and go um, blowing up your front line. Yep. Are you talking about yourself? Or are you talking about George Hanton? No, Brandon. It's a good question. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Newman says, Kane, uh, how long do you hold him before you get frustrated by his lack of goals and mega point returns? So this ties in with what we just talked about. Uh, I am fine. I actually think that he is a very decent captain option this game week. I would definitely consider him as a captain for the Everton away match. I actually like him a little better in away matches right now. Yeah. No, I think Kane is a perfect striker for the fixture congestion because, as I was saying earlier, he's not going to rotate at all. And I think he'll tick along and he'll probably have a match in there in which he hauls, even though I, 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 I still haven't picked him up and I've tried to do everything in my power to avoid him. And I yep. still think he, you know, everything we've said earlier in the season is true that he's just not quite the same Kane yet. And will it ever come back? I don't know. So I don't, I don't love Kane's form. I don't love Spurs form. But if you have him, you've got to hold him because he's probably the best striker option for the holidays. Yeah. And uh, six of his nine goals um, have been scored. Uh, six of the nine goals in the Premier League, at least, have been scored in away matches so far this season. So um, I think that sometimes he gets teams like really just kind of, I mean, we saw this with Burnley yesterday, right? I mean, they're just absolute. They they were not interested in trying to win that match, right? It was all about trying to get a point, you know, from a nil-nil draw. I mean, yeah. two time-wasting yellow cards. So, I mean, obviously in a match like that, it's going to be hard for Kane, especially when you've got Eric Lamella doing his Lamella thing, which is, I don't even I don't even know what. It was like he was playing by himself. It was like he was playing video games while the other team, 10 team. <laughs> I really, I, I can't be rational about Lamella. I don't know why I don't like him so much. I mean, are you what do you think about Lamella? Am I just like totally off base here? Like you are you a fan? Um, I'm not a hater. Uh mm-hmm. I you like him I, then. I can fan. see I can see the good in him. 
However, I could see that he was not having a great game against Burnley, but I just don't think Spurs, yeah, Spurs lack that fulcrum, that Ericsson type of attacking fulcrum, and I don't think that mm-hmm. that helps Lamella. I don't think he's the type of player that can do it on his own. He looks his right. best when that team is in transition, when they're counterattacking, yeah. not when they're building up. So I don't think that the game plan played to his strengths. Yeah, I, yeah, Lucas Moore is someone who I trust a little more to create a shot for himself. Mm-hmm. Kind of works. You know, I think actually he's. You know, I know he fell off a little bit, but he sort of he fits. I th- I'd be interesting. I don't. I feel like Lucas Mora and Erickson haven't played a ton together this season. You know, yes. I, just because of Erickson's injuries, and it'd be interesting to see how they play together. Like if you had, well, with Son too. It's sort of, and then Son got rested, and he's leaving. You know, I think is it after game week twenty two that Son leaves? They're about for the so, Asian games. Yeah, for the Asian. Yeah, for the Asian Asian Cup. I think this time. Games are over, Brandon. It's time for the cup. No more games. This is serious business. <laughs> uh, all right. Final question. Steak Hagen says, should Alonzo go sideways to Louise or Espelqueta to free up cash? Uh, I've already weighed in on Alonzo. Uh, what do you think? I mean, uh, Espelqueta is the more intriguing way to approach this than David Louise because um, Espelqueta is – just a bonus point magnet. So if you believe those clean sheets are going to come in, I think there's just a bigger upside moving Alonzo to Aspilicueta, but you're barely saving any money that way. So what's the point? Right. You're giving up the Alonzo yep. goals, free kicks, and so on and so yep. forth. So yeah, I'll stand by what I said earlier. If you're looking to get a, rid of Alonzo, go go to another team because then you, you yeah, just get, really get don't Dean, believe right? yeah. you don't. Yeah. Go Dean. If you're, if you're dumping Alonzo, you don't believe in Chelsea, I believe. So <laughs> dump Alonzo for the poor man's Alonzo, not for a <laughs> yeah. almost as expensive version. who doesn't, I mean, Alonzo has 29 more points in the season than Aspilicueta. Uh That is remarkable. I mean, considering how, how much they both play together and how much of a, as you said, bonus point magnet Aspilicueta is, I mean, that's how much attacking threat. Yeah. Alonzo has. Um, so, Brennan, all right, those are our questions. Um, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about game week 18 and 19 a little bit. Uh, so let's start off with game week 18. Uh, first match is Wolves-Liverpool on Friday. Uh, we've got a whole slate of Saturday matches, which I am not sure how much I'll be able to watch. It's, I'm going to my mom's house, uh, nice. uh, taking the family to, down to Florida. So uh, I did check. I made sure she had I, – I, I don't know why, like in 2018, I was worried about this. But I was like, you do have internet, right, Bob? Uh, so <laughs> so uh, I don't know. What about I don't plumbing? Think she What's has the plumbing ca- situation? Yeah, I don't think she has cable. So I don't know that I'll be watching like the game. I'm going to be like on my computer. But I'm going to try, try to be cool because we, we get in the night before. So yeah, yeah. Uh, every, everyone who's listening probably knows how this is, right? It's very tricky to watch all of these matches during the holidays while still being like a normal person who. So you know, here's, here's the thing in, in America family and in, in America, NFL is baked into the Thanksgiving holiday and you just have the NFL mm. on TV all day and people come right. and go and they don't think anything of it as Americans during Christmas, the general holiday season, you go visit your family. You can't just have the premier league on because then you're just invi- <laughs> inviting awkward conversation from right. your, you know, uncle from West Michigan who is like, "What is this? Can they use their hands? Why are you why are <laughs> you forcing us to hands? watch this?" So, <laughs> yep. so yeah, we yep. just being discreet is sort of the name of the game. <laughs> uh so in these matches uh I mean it's so we got we actually have one on the on the December on the 23rd and that Sunday too we got Everton Spurs so 
Um, where are you looking? So you got your bus team all set up. Yeah. Who is your captain right now on your bus team? Yeah, right now my captain is, it's an honorary captaincy for Sergio Aguero, who didn't make an appearance this past game week, but um, mm-hmm. definitely curious to see what the lineup is for the Carabao Cup fixture. Uh, I I try to figure out what the best case scenario is for an Aguero captaincy. Is it Aguero starting and playing 60 minutes? Mm-hmm. It's probably not Aguero playing 90 minutes. However, I just can't see Pep playing him a full 90 coming back from this injury. So I don't see that happening. Yep. So maybe, I mean, I think the best, best case scenario is Jesus gets the start and Aguero comes in and gets his legs for 30 minutes and then he starts on the weekend. If that right. if if that happens, then I'm going to go Aguero captain. If that doesn't happen, if there's any sort of lingering doubt, then it'll be Sterling captain. But I'm all Man City for game week 18. What happens if Sterling and Aguero both play 90 minutes at midweek? I think I'll still go Sterling because um, – you know, you know, Raheem Sterling is still one of their best players. I mean, they're a team of amazing players, but he's still one of their best attacking players. He has been getting rested. And I don't just don't mm-hmm. think he's a one game on, one game off type of player for Pep. I, he he yeah. didn't he didn't start in game week seventeen, so I think he's good. I think he's good to start midweek and the weekend. I wouldn't be concerned about that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be either. I was surprised that he didn't start at the weekend, really. Um, but I guess you, when you've got someone like Maria Mares now, who is a very capable Sterling replacement, you have the luxury of not playing him as much. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that um, I think that he would start in, in both those matches. It'd be it'd be weird for him to be benched twice in a row yeah. in the in the Premier League. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, right now, I'm leaning towards Leroy Sané, as I mentioned uh, earlier on the podcast. Um, I just um, if he played 90 minutes in the League Cup, I would not captain him, right? Because then he'd be almost certain to be rested at the weekend. Yeah, right. Uh, but if he doesn't play, if he doesn't start, or if he, you know, is subbed down for 20 minutes, 30 minutes in the match, then I, I really like him as a captain this 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 game week. Um, what about some other options? We have Arsenal, Burnley. That's the early match on. I mean, what about what about Liverpool? Right? I mean, they um, it's a Friday match, which is kind of tricky. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, but, you know, Wolverhampton, I mean, I know they just kept a clean sheet, but in general, they've been, been pretty leaky at home, um, yep. you know, pretty leaky in general. Yeah, you have the camera during the Liverpool-Manchester United match panning down the Liverpool bench and you see Daniel Sturridge just sitting there and you're you're reminded like, oh, if, if Klopp really wants to just roll with a different shape... Uh, he could start Sturridge in a match like this away to Wolverhampton, knowing that he maybe yeah. he wants to uh, push Salah a little harder, um, looking at the Boxing Day and New Year's fixtures. So yeah. uh, I, I, I'm a little scared. Um, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm a little scared just in terms of the captaincy. I have no doubt about starting Salah in my FPL team. I'm not even thinking of sure. moving him anywhere. But um, right. yeah, I... I'm I'm not too keen on Liverpool. Um, yeah, I actually wouldn't even mind if he didn't start because if he got, if he was rested for this Wolves game, then I would expect him to start in game week 19, uh, yeah. and that's when uh, that's when Liverpool play Newcastle at home, and I would love to captain him for that match. 
Yeah. So um, just, you know, one more thing to consider there. By the way, Spurs also play Bournemouth at home at Game Week 19. I mean, that second goal that Wolves scored, I don't know, I was watching, we were watching it at the, at, the, um, at the bar yesterday, but then I was watching the highlights again last night, and just the sight of Charlie Daniels running and <laughs> trying to <laughs> yeah. catch up with Ivan Caviero as he scored that goal. I mean, yeah. that Bournemouth defense is bad. Like, so it is bad. old and bad and it's like it's <laughs> like it is just not it is not pretty and um i don't see it getting a lot better anytime soon and that that was the concern going into this season he's like can they stay up with a defense this bad and i mean jefferson lerma i think has you know helped them a lot um but i i mean i think they i think i i don't see them going down but um no. i do think that anytime you play the bournemouth defense now you have a captainable fixture in front of you so what you're saying is Glenn Murray in game week 18. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying triple captain Glenn Murray in game week 18. <laughs> it's the only move I would consider. Yeah. Um, so Man City, yes. Liverpool, kind of nah. The other big teams here would be Arsenal hosting Burnley, who are just who just suck right now. And mm-hmm. Chelsea. If you have Hazard, is that a differential captain at home to Leicester? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially if the, this false nine thing continues, then yeah, I mean, he's like an out of position forward, right? Yeah. So, yep. yep. Um, I don't know. I, I hate that guy. <laughs> I think I kind of <laughs> like I him as a player, but you yeah. know, it's, it's frustrating. It's a tough choice. Like, if you had Aubameyang and Hazard, it'd be tough to pick who gets the armband against Leicester or Burnley. Yeah, if you didn't have any Man City players. I I, I guess I like, um, I do like a bunch. I don't know, though. I mean, Burnley can't do what they did last week again, can they? I mean, like, they have to start winning some matches. Like, what a luxury to play for a draw in that Spurs match, right? Like, they're, well, they're, these are doing so well this year that they don't need to get three points in a match. Those are matches that they would absolutely be targeting for draws. So um, if True, you but speak, it was like a... Speak. But yeah, but I, mean, the, I feel like the game plan should have changed once they saw that that you know it was a like a it was like a you know a, a lot of players were sub were, were not starting that match right. I mean, you had a you know, Ben Davis as an odd position center back. You had Erickson rested. You had Sun rested. Like I, I see that lineup, and I'm trying to win the match. You know, instead of, instead of just draw it. I don't know. I mean, I think my tactic, if I'm Sean Dyche, is you just grab the ball and you run out of the stadium. And because uh, um, <laughs> that has to be the worst. Is there? I I, I don't know. I've never played professional football, obviously. But the worst feeling must be to spend 90 minutes playing for a draw, right? To to do to use every delaying tactic you, you can, right? Like you know, get two yellow cards for time wasting, and then still lose in the 91st minute. Yeah, and you're like, what was the point of all that? Like our negative yeah. football, like and we still didn't win. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if they do it again. I guess my point is, like, do they do that again at Arsenal? Do they just go there, kick the ball around, try not to lose. Um, I guess it depends on whether Arsenal can score an early goal. But um, I mean, I don't mind Aubameyang as a captain pick. I thought he was very attacking in this match. I thought maybe, um, I, I actually just think that he was um, defended pretty well. I thought yeah. Southampton defended mm-hmm. him pretty well in this match. Yep. Yep, yep, I agree. Romeo was just like abysmal for Southampton in that match. Just yeah, like what yeah. a terrible player. Um, yeah, I, uh, but then you mentioned Spurs earlier. That that would be a lot of fun if everyone blanks on Saturday and then you've got a Kane captaincy heading into Sunday. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be. 
that'd be a lot of fun. I I still think I'm gonna go with Sane, but but Kane Kane would be a lot of fun too. I I still feel like Kane is a bit of a differential. Just just having him in my team, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe that's not as true as it used to be. But it's not like he's he's still not one of the ten most owned players in the league, is he? I mean, I, th- I feel like his ownership is. St- I don't know. I don't have like a a ranking of most owned players or anything like that. But I, I don't think that he's like in the top. You know, um, absolute top. Yeah, just thirty one percent ownership. Uh, just if you're looking at the FPL page stats, which yeah, you know, for seasons past, it's, it's quite quite low for a player yes. like with the history of Harry Kane. Exactly. So thirty one percent. I mean, yeah, like you said, yeah, pretty low. Um, I mean, he's he's barely more owned than Juan Bissaka. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, definitely definitely still a little bit of a differential just having him in your in your team. So. Um, what, any, anything else you want to talk about in these matches? Like anything, um, I guess focused on game week 18 for a minute here. Like, yeah, like a, a, a fun yeah, FPL fixture out. is going to be West Ham v Watford. And that's sort of the, going back to our earlier theme, Walcott's Island misfit toys. This is a huge misfit toy attacking fixture. Um, not to mention a, a decent fixture to roll out the Bell Buenas and the Fabianskis of the world. But sure. uh, there's a, there's a lot of there's a huge upside here for Watford owners if you've got Perea or De La Feu. it'll just yeah. be a fun one. Though I though like I thought Watford that West Ham Fulham yeah. was going to be fun, and that was probably the worst time I've ever had watching a football match. <laughs> um, well, that was that was just yeah. It feels like uh, Watford have played like some kind of heartbreakers recently, doesn't it? Like they are. I mean, not even heartbreakers, but just like like wild high scoring. Matches, oh yeah, that near, know, nearly like, losing, yeah. <laughs> losing to Cardiff uh, with what a what a weird team. Um, yeah, am I talking yeah, about Watford the, or Cardiff? I'm talking about both of them. Yeah, they're both they're both weird teams. Um, and yeah, Everton Everton Watford before that was the two two draw. They almost took a point off Man City, and then the two one loss before that. Um, so yeah, they're just they're kind of all over the place. But they also kept some clean sheets in between. It's it's a hard team to get a read on, you know? And then of course, I mean, the ultimate Watford goal was, uh, was the second goal that was scored <laughs> in, in that match. Uh, you know, a SEMA goal. I mean, I, it was just like, like uh, just so perfect. Like every, every year Watford have like, just like a, a collection of players you, you've really never, it never was, heard of. It would never it actually was, consider putting in your Josh, team. Josh, it, it was actually a Kina goal with a SEMA assist. So what, what a goal uh, okay. to be scored by a guy you've never heard of before and then assisted by yet another guy you've never heard of before. I guess, yeah, so I guess we've got to consider Quinoa, right? Because he is uh, 4.4. <laughs> so it's, not only is it healthy, but it's also 4.4 million. A great, gr- a great healthy grain just became a great healthy FPL asset. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Quinoa is only 4.4 million. So I don't know anything about Quinoa. Like, you know, like, yeah, I keep, I, I know. I mean, I was, I was joking the first time I said Quinoa, but it's, it's a hard name to say without saying Quinoa. Um, yeah, so Kina at 4.4 million, maybe, maybe one to consider, maybe, uh, maybe yeah. he's a future Hoiberg replacement for me. Yeah. I've got to say, I'm not encouraged by the lower mid table matchups like Bournemouth, Brighton. I do feel like that's going to be a tough match for Bournemouth because Brighton's defense can be quite stout and they'll be playing on the road. Then you look at Huddersfield, Southampton, Huddersfield have had decent results of late. They've shown that they can play an organized shape. They can hold teams to, a uh, few goals when mm-hmm. they can, and they'll, and they'll have to given that Aaron Moy is out. So this will really test our metal with in terms of bigging up Danny Ings. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not convinced that Southampton will just have their way with Huddersfield. 
No, I, I agree with you there. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I see that as like a one-one draw or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Everton Spurs, which is a really interesting match. Uh, I think a great standalone match for Sunday. I again, I have no idea if I'll actually be able to watch this match, uh, but I am looking forward to secretly watching it on my phone like eight hours later when everybody else has gone to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's game week eighteen wrapped. Clean sheets, uh, in case you haven't heard, clean sheets are dead, so there won't be any of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, game week 19, uh, so we've got nine Boxing Day fixtures. Uh, I'm really, yeah, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to these matches, Brandon. Uh, nine in a day, it's, oh, it's so much, it's so great. So uh, what, are you, what are you most excited about? It's got to be Fulham Wolves, right? Yeah, Fulham Wolves, hopefully, uh, I'm sure just give them a week and Fulham will get their act together and have an exacting game plan and they'll just win the rest of their matches for the rest <laughs> of the season. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be I'll be excited for this game uh, because Wolves are because Fulham could potentially get a result. But also, if they don't, uh, it'll be a good day for my FPL side because I will roll out three Wolves players. <laughs> yeah, same here for sure. Um, yeah, I'm really actually. I'm glad Knight said that him and has got that rest. I hope that was enough. To, I, I know that they they wanted her his minutes a little bit. I know. He, I think he gets fatigued. Um, I probably. I think he does a little more running than a lot of forwards do, and so I think that he he wears down a little bit. So um, I wouldn't be shocked if he got rested one of these fixtures over the holidays. But yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's hopefully it's not that it's, one. It's the running combined with the holdup. He 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 has a slight frame, but he has to be strong the way he plays. So yeah, I can see how yeah. it is exhausting. Just exhausting generally to be human is good for you. Um, yeah, Liverpool, Newcastle, a lot of captainable fixtures here. Um, I mean, you have Man City away to Leicester. I think that uh, any Man City player that was rested in game week 18 will then become a very viable captain option for game week yeah. 19. Yep. Um, Spurs at home to Bournemouth, uh, even Arsenal away to Brighton, Chelsea, Watford. Um, I think this could be game week 19 could be another one of those very swingy game weeks where you could see a wide range of scores, yeah. um, you know, uh, you know, depending on who you captain that game week. I'm looking to save my transfer going into game week 18, and I think that will just be I – mean, uh, you've, you've talked about this, how having two frees can just cause you to overthink your transfers, but I'm hoping it will work to my advantage to be able to look at those rotations that are happening mm-hmm. in game week 18 to inform who's going to start on Boxing Day. Yeah. I am almost definitely going to move Brooks or Kennedy to um, – to Snodgrass, as I mentioned before, I missed one Snodgrass price rise, and I was okay with that. I'm, I'm hoping because he rose early that he doesn't rise a second time. If he does, I'm probably just going to have to move right away. Um, and so then the big decision is is basically Kennedy versus uh, Brooks. So, yeah, uh, leaning towards dropping Brooks um, mostly because um, he's just. I mean, I I don't want to repeat myself, but you know, he's just, he's a little more expensive and um, and. Yeah, Bournemouth have a really rough run of fixtures coming up. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure, I wonder, to start dropping Callum Wilson in the near future, right, Like with this tough yeah. run of fixtures. I mean, yeah. just given that there's now a little bit of injury risk with him, um, he has scored against – he scored on big teams this year, so it's not like he can't do it. But um, all things being equal, you'd rather your cheap striker was playing bad teams instead of good teams. Yeah. I think Kane is the standout captain here in game week 19. Um if if you're not looking at Mo Salah, so uh, that, that Man City away, I, all your favorite guys might be in danger of being rotated. 
depending mm-hmm. on on what game week 18 looks like another uh possible another potential game week for hazard to troll everyone uh, <laughs> almost definitely it's yeah, it's sure. it's like a marginally sure appealing fixture for an armband on hazard <laughs> which can only mean yeah. one thing a big a big blank yeah, and then we've got uh, Southampton West Ham is the final match of game week nineteen, and that is a fun standalone match as well because I feel like almost everyone in fantasy has one or two West Ham assets, and they'll all yeah. be playing them, and um, so it'll be a fun like everything will still be up in the air for that standalone match. Yeah, a chance for you to feel better or feel worse about Boxing Day. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brandon. Well, that's the podcast. Uh, once again, if you'd like to support the podcast and uh, just, I, I thought I would note, Brandon, um, that, you know, we offer like some features. We always, we want people to support the podcast. I feel like they're getting some cool stuff, but for us, it's really just, if you like the podcast and you want to support us, that's, that's why you, that's why we, we, we would want you to become a Patreon. We don't want anyone to feel like they're obligated or we're pushing them too hard to do it, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. just, yeah, just, I like to throw that out there occasionally. It's not like we're, we're not like you know, this is not a full-time job for us. Um, so don't feel like you have to do it to keep us going or anything like that. But it's just, it's just a way to say thank you if you enjoyed the podcast. So just put that out there. And I will put out this out there. You're welcome. <laughs> to all our pay, to all our Patreon subscribers, you're welcome. All right. So uh, speaking of, um, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. And we have a 10% off discount code if you become a patron. That's valid through the end of the month. That's good at the always cheating shop. You can check out our T-shirts, mugs, sweatshirts at alwayscheating.com slash shop. Some producer thank yous. Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, Carl Rasmus, Lini Granley, Chris Howell, Rafi Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, Chris Carter, and the Big Gaffer. And uh, if if you don't want to, if you want to say thank you, but in a different way, you could just listen to the podcast. You can subscribe to get every new episode. <laughs> yeah. We're on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere that you get your podcast. Or just give us a five-star review. Write a comment on our iTunes page. That does help us a lot. Where else can people find us, Josh? You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters. That's H-A-I-L Cheaters. Uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And you can always visit the website for this information. There's also a link to our Instagram page and more, uh, alwayscheating.com. And man, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're going to try to post some, some fun football. Maybe I will try to post some photos of me attempting to watch Premier League matches while I'm in Florida over the next couple of weeks. You should do the same thing when you're in Michigan. Like, yes. what's the weirdest spot where you <laughs> and try to watch, secretly watch a Premier League match? We, we can start a uh, hashtag called surreptitious FPL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, good luck, everybody. Happy holidays. Uh, if, you know, yeah, have fun. Don't, don't take the football too seriously. Uh, you know, just a game. It, it is just a game. But what's, what's serious? What's serious? It's Poku. He's serious. Poku. And Bakani, <laughs> he, he's very serious too. So Works yeah, be, be sure. Be sure. Yeah, he's serious. Sam Vokes. Free Sorlot already, right? I mean, free Sorlot. <laughs> like, give him a start. Give him give him a chance. Andre Ayu, like, it's not it's not working. Jordan Ayu, that is. It's not working. It's not working with either Ayu. Get no. rid of the Ayus. Just focus yeah. on, the, on the Sorlots. It's a joke, Hodgson. Get him out. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. This is like your second week in a row with just a terrible <laughs> British accent. <laughs> All right. Uh, happy holidays. 
Yep. Same to you, Brandon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.